Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, February 4, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Well, they did it again. They in fact recocked the gun when they tested the 50 period moving average. Now they've closed at a new all time high once again. This is simply the result of the trend is your friend until she dumps you. It is the dominant thing. We talk about it all the time. New highs were on the table. New highs didn't have to happen. Either way, we said it a few days ago. If they make a new high, they shouldn't get very far into the no man's land slash new high area. Now, I could be wrong on that. That's my take. That's my work. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. So at present, they've closed at a new all-time high. You have to give the market its due and say they continue to climb the wall of worry in the face of everything we can throw at it, including the kitchen sink, in terms of reasons why the market should be going in the other direction. They continue to defy gravity, make new highs, and by the way, based on what was discussed yesterday, it's not really a complete surprise. Remember the 120 minute chart? We looked at several charts last night, but on this one, the 120 minute, we discussed something very, very distinct. We said that they had every opportunity to fill the gap yesterday. They chose not to. That's not an accident or a coincidence. It's a choice. So they ate time off the clock underneath the gap. What does that tell us? It tells us they were building energy to go through the gap and higher. What happened today? They went through the gap and higher made a new high. So it's not entirely crazy when we talk about things like, how come they didn't hit the gap? Why did they miss it by a few pennies? Well, they didn't do it by accident. It wasn't like a near miss. Oh boy, we've seen this kind of stuff before which is why we discuss it all the time. Markets tend to do the same thing over and over and over again. Looks different every single time. It doesn't necessarily work out identical every single time, but in large part, they tend to do the same things in concept. And this is precisely what we talked about last night. We said, this is building energy to make another push higher. Today, they did the thing. Now. Another $64,000 question is, what do we do with this information? What do we do with this market? Is there anything to do? Can you hop on the long side and hope for a melt up? Or can you short the market hoping this is the last day and you're looking for a false breakout? Can you do that? Can you guess at that? Neither one. You can't hop on hoping you get a melt up and you can't guess at where the top is going to be. So what do you do? You refer back to the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, and you go to the section that discusses signs and signals of a trend change. You wait for a sign and signal of a trend change. You put the full stack of stuff together. You don't necessarily have to be the first person to the party. You just need to be there while everybody's having fun. You wait for the market to give you the high sign. Let them put in a sign or signal of a trend change, change in character, it begins from an intraday perspective. It morphs from there. We've seen it before. We're going to see it again. Once they do that, they give you, they provide you something to trade against. 
Is it going to be right 100% of the time? Absolutely not. I said this a few days ago. I said there are going to be situations like this where you're going to have to try to short the market a few times before getting it right. They don't make it easy. It's not uncommon for a top to look like a top, not to be a top, a new top to come in. That's just the way the market works. What's that made out of? A, it's created by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. Their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. These are just the facts. They're not excuses. This is just the way it works. Does this change anything we've discussed about the fact that from a cyclical perspective, the market is due to put in a top and have a correction? No. Nothing has changed. What about inside the numbers today? Well, there's not a lot of stuff inside the numbers today. Why? Because we had another market that basically was a grinding, floating market all day long. We had a prize, meaning the market should get to 384.75 or even higher. That was here. That was early in the morning. That was on the board yesterday. Gap officially was just under 384. We were looking for 384.75, They absolutely went higher than that. And what I'll do here is just scroll up. You can pause the video, read the notes at your leisure. I'm not going to labor through the notes today because you all saw what happened with the market. We had one stock on the move hit its numbers. It actually hit its numbers twice. Therefore, it produced two trades. We're going to go over stocks on the move in a moment. Let's take a peek at the entire list of stocks on the move. And again, what happens here is a lot of these stocks don't get enough of the sellers early in the morning to get to their numbers when the market is in quote unquote float mode. If the market was selling, you'd probably get a few more stocks hitting their price objectives or price targets, their entry targets. Here today, we had Qualcomm, two numbers on the board, 149.55, 145.45. Getting its haircut at the opening bell, we drilled down to a one-minute chart for the first number because the first number happened really, really fast. Gave about a $2 bounce off of 149, give or take, right up to a high in the five-minute candle of the day, 9.35, the fifth-minute candle of the day, 151.60. They came back in. So what we do with that is we take the minimum required base hit. So painting by the numbers, a trader would have taken half the position they had on off or the full position off good with the base hit and move on or trying to get more. You let some of it ride, but you have to book some profits either way. Let's say you got caught in the first number and wrote it down to the second number. What happened? You bought at the second number, your average is in the middle, and you still get out of the trade with a base hit. Either way, as you can see, the second number today, 145.45, was in fact the number. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Camp IWM riding its 20-period moving average as it rides the chart up from lower left to upper right, makes a new high, no change from what we just discussed as it relates to the SPY chart, they're at new highs, nothing you can do except wait. Look at this, by the way. Down here is the volume. There was no institutional conviction buying. It was not a high volume, hop on board type of 
rocket ride higher. It was just a market that made a new high and closed at the high. Not taking anything away from that, that is in fact the definition of a bull market. It's not really the definition, but that is what happens in a bull market. Checking out the volume back to the SPY, same situation, even a, bit, a little bit different. As the market moves up from the recent low, the volume decreases. I'm not saying that's negative, not saying it's positive, not saying anything other than it's not institutional conviction buying. We always get questions about, hey, light volume means the market's going to go down. No, that's not what it means at all. It's actually the opposite. Light volume has been evident, has been ever present in the market ever since the bottom of March 2009. You can check me out on that information by going back to the charts and double checking the stuff. Obviously at times there are huge volume days to the upside, huge volume days to the downside, everything in between. But all in all, the market can certainly continue to push higher in light volume. In fact, the path of least resistance in light volume is either sideways or higher. We talk about this inside the numbers all the time. It will be interesting to see where the IWM closes the week by four o'clock Friday, tomorrow's close. Are they going to close at a new weekly high or is last week's reversal week going to stick or will it be wiped out based on the close tomorrow, 4 p.m.? Interesting to find out. Same situation flipped on its head for the VIX. So last week, the VIX had a big breakup candle. They're below the low of the breakup candle. The weekly close will be important. Where are they going to close the week? By 4 p.m. tomorrow. In my book, the VIX should find some support around that 2150 area, give or take. They're pretty darn close to that right now. What about the folks down at the transportation department? We talked about this one over the last couple of days. Needed to get over a breakdown candle high. Check. They did that today. They closed above it. Then they needed to go fill the gap and close above the gap. Check. They did that. Next stop, the 20 period moving average. Will they be able to get back above on a closing basis over the 20 period moving average? Time will tell. We'll find out what happens on Friday or beyond. This is bullish behavior for the transports. When you have a market that's up across the board, the IWM, my favorite market leading indicator, is up over 2%. The transports, second favorite market leading indicator, A number one, Canary in the coal mine, up almost 1.5%. You have to look at that at face value and say, that's bullish across the board. It is what it is. After all, Price is the absolute arbiter. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything new to report other than we just reported on other charts? And the answer is the trend is your friend until it's not. They're grinding higher. It is what it is. Move it along. How about the XLF? Remember this little area? Now we look back, play Monday morning quarterback, and we say, hey, they came back to a former breakout area. Again, it's a little bit of an art form exactly what number that breakout area is, but this is the area. This is the area where the market went up to, couldn't get through, so it ate time off the clock, then it broke out, and what did it do? It just came back to run a test. It was a successful test. Now they're having a reaction back up in the other direction. We talk about this over and over and over again. And what's interesting is when you look back, you say, yeah, it happens all the time. 
in the heat of the moment, it's not easy to buy a market or a stock or any symbol whatsoever when nobody else wants it. It looks like it's going to go into the abyss. When it looks really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it looks really, really right, it's generally wrong. That's the way the market works the majority of the time if you consider the 80-20 rule. That's just the way it works. Here's the weekly chart of the XLF. Look at this recovery this week. They're already back up near the all-time high from just a few weeks ago. About Smash Mouth, we'll start on the weekly since we finished the other one on the weekly. And here we have a weekly reversal candle. Where are they going to close tomorrow? Are they going to close above last week's reversal candle? Or will they still be inside of last week's reversal candle? If they're inside of it, they're beginning to put in a bearish wedgish pattern. If they're above it, it negates last week's reversal candle and they're at new highs and the band plays on. That's just the way you have to read the tape. That's it. Daily chart. You can also see here from a daily chart perspective that you do have a bearish, wedgish, flaggish thing going on. You have that move lower. Now you got the wedge working. And until and unless you break out above here, this will ultimately send price in the southern direction. Not necessarily 100% of the time, but certainly the majority of the time. How about gold? We're going to look at this from a weekly chart perspective since I'm always talking about gold in terms of the long term. So we were looking at 170. We got a nice reaction off that zone. Now they're back into that zone. Is that the same zone as it was before? And obviously the answer is no, it's not. So we're taking the zone off the board, but we're leaving the 165.34. Why is that? That's a monthly breakup candle low. Now, they've already run a test of the breakup candle low. So next time down, let's say they're at that number Friday, for argument's sake. Do we expect that number to hold the second or third or fourth time down? And the answer is, no, we don't. It's really only good for a trade, a bona fide trade, high probability trade, the first time down. Now, it's a different situation. Now, let's say they go lower. What happens? Where are they going? Let's discuss the breakup candle low for a second. Where are we? We're in February, but we're only four days into February. That breakup candle low is important by the end of the month. Can they spike it, go lower, recover, close back above it by the end of the month? And the answer is they do that kind of stuff all the time. That being said, where are we looking for price to go if in fact we do go lower, lower than 165.34? Where is the next spot? Remember what we just looked at on the XLF? We talked about former breakout areas. Well, we could certainly make a case for this one here, right? So the market couldn't get through this and it spent several weeks eating time off the clock, running sideways before doing what? Before breaking out. Now, they already came back here to the very, very top end. I can argue they didn't even get to that breakout area. They came close. But we know they got stopped by the breakup candle low before. Well, let me throw this at you. Let's say they come down below that monthly chart breakup candle low. Fair enough. All of a sudden, price will start to go south and they'll start to get into another zone. Let's talk about 160 for argument's sake. Could be 158, could be 157, could be 160.02. 
But let's just talk 160 for a moment, all right? We'll draw a straight line across 160. All of a sudden, we start to see something else. We start to see another spot that coincides with the same spot we were just looking at. Market ran up to 160, sold off. Ran back up to 160, eight time off the clock before breaking out. So in and around this 160 is still another spot, even though it's only five points lower than the other spot where we got a pretty good bounce before, don't discount 160, 158, 159, 160. In that neighborhood is another area. What about silver? Silver got caught up in that Wall Street bet stuff, and so it all of a sudden had a spike, and now you've got a reversal candle on the week. You are above all the moving averages, but that's an ugly candle. Is it going to be an anomaly or is it actually a signal of lower prices to come? Well, if gold's going to go lower, it only makes sense that silver's going to go lower too. And I'll tell you this, while certainly gold, other precious metals, silver included, can go up if the market goes down on the quote-unquote fear trade. We've seen that before. However, we've also seen more often than not silver will get caught up in a downdraft in the market just the same. You can't say either side or either thing is definitive one way or the other. That's why you have to treat each and every chart independent of one another and try not to draw correlations because correlations work for a period of time. That's why they become correlations. They get noticed. They get discussed by analysts. They get discussed in the news then they get picked up by retail traders and everybody thinks it's a permanent correlation. But in effect, the correlations last for a period of time and then they disappear. There are really no, maybe there's one or two, but in my book, there's really no bona fide correlations like if one market's doing this, then the other market has to do that. Other than one currency trading in an opposite direction from another, I'm talking about things that are more obscure, we'll call it that. Where is support? For silver, 22 should be decent support, give or take. If 22 fails, if they give up 22, 21. Weekly close below $20.60. Look out below. Just for fun, here's a picture of GameStop. The party's over. It was always going to be over. It was just a matter of when. It's all over except the crying. It's not going to go straight down to nothing. You probably get a bounce off the 50 period moving average. You get bounces along the way. But in reality, the whole short squeeze thing is pretty much toast. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense market analysis.